is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-381. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the legal profession has become a joke. The journalist profession has become a joke. And in some cases, the radio profession has become a joke. Let me begin. You have lawyers all over TV who do not have the foggiest idea what they're talking about. Former federal prosecutors who've never brought cases in the Supreme Court or the appellate courts. Some have. Most have not. Who've never really studied the Constitution. Who've never really studied the case law. Throwing out comments and arguments and notions and theories that are irrational, illogical. And for those of us like me who study the Constitution for a lifetime, so off point it's embarrassing. But most of the hosts who aren't lawyers don't know how to confront them or don't even know to confront them. You have certain networks in this country I would remind Shep Smith, like CNN and MSNBC, that have as their purpose to bring on advocates. Not thoughtful individuals who are trying to explain how the Constitution works and the related separation of powers and so forth. And they come on and they just spew. How are people in the public supposed to know anything? Then you have journalists... The latest we'll get to. Who do not care about journalism. They wrap themselves in the First Amendment while they're crapping all over it. They don't get their stories right. Go ahead and look on the Internet, all the corrections from all the networks and newspapers over the last two years. They trip over themselves to grab the first bit of information to take on Donald Trump with anonymous sources. That means individuals who they rely on To feed them bull. And the American people are lurching all over the place, trying to keep track to the extent they are. And then you have individuals in my business. One in particular. Day in and day out, trying to destroy his competition. With the most outrageous insinuations about his integrity trying to exploit the Media Matters attacks on him, and I'm talking about attacks on Hannity, acts like the man wants to take out the president or family members of the president, so drunk on his own stupidity, is he? Yeah, you little fat boy, you want to come on my show? It's a wonder that anybody listens anymore. Now, let's try and unravel some of this. That's why they call this show the cleanup show, the cleanup hitter. Let's try to unravel some of this. Somebody actually has knowledge about it. First off, 
The breaking news. NBC, which has some of the most notoriously partisan, incompetent hosts and journalists in the entire journalism business. When they keep their hands off of each other, they're still a problem. Right out of the gate at 1 p.m. today, Tom Winter, NBC News investigative reporter, who should today be getting a pink slip, a pink slip, and selling phony roses on the corner in a, in a raincoat. Cut 13, go. Okay, Casey, so what we know is that uh, federal investigators pursuant to a, uh, to a, uh, a lawful uh, court-ordered warrant were able to wiretap the phone lines of Trump personal attorney Michael Cohen. Uh, that this wiretap occurred several weeks before the now public uh, search warrant that was executed here in New York several weeks ago. In addition to that, we've learned that at least one phone call conversation between a line belonging to Michael Cohen and the White House was also intercepted. So right now, the I think the, the key headlines. There was a wiretap associated with the Michael Warren search warrant in the federal criminal investigation into Michael Warren, uh, into uh, Michael Cohen, who is, of course, uh, Trump's personal attorney. The second thing that we've learned is that there's at least one phone conversation that was uh, picked up on a phone line belonging to Michael Cohen and the White House. And the third thing is, is that this was going on for several weeks before that search warrant took place. Uh, in addition to that, and I'll, I'll let my colleague Julia Ainsley talk about it. This has been uh, a discussion within the White House, but this this is obviously uh, just another step in the in the investigation. And as we know from court papers, federal prosecutors have already said that they conducted covert surveillance of Michael Cohen's emails leading up to the search warrant being executed. So this is a lot more than just knocking on the door and asking for some documents, Casey. And the country went nuts. As as you would when you hear something like this. And every damn word of it is wrong. Why don't they have a White House correspondence dinner for all the dunces in the journalist field? All the liars, all the frauds, all the incompetence, all the unprofessionalism, all the sexual harassers. That dinner would probably be a sellout. Standing room only. Now, four hours later, obviously, these leaks were lies and planted by the government. Giuliani didn't know what was going on. The White House couldn't understand what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. These leaks were lies planted by the government. But then somebody else in the government stepped up and said, no, 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 that's not what we did. This is what we did. Tom, cut 14, go. So we know from public filings that they were able to do surveillance on his emails. Uh, the federal prosecutors put that in open court. Anybody that with access or wants to get the record can get it themselves. And for that, they had a filter team because obviously there could be... Okay, now he's regurgitating stuff we've known for two weeks. Trying to create a smokescreen, trying to create confusion, trying to get you all whipped up like this is something new. We've already known this. Go ahead within that and so they had a separate team look at it and then hand over the relevant materials to the investigators that are working on the case so uh so we know for a fact it's emails uh we're being told now that this is a this is a some sort of a, a pen register stop and he buries the lead in his mumbo jumbo there were no wiretaps of phone conversations there was no wiretap of a conversation with president trump and his lawyer none None. 
They didn't listen into the calls. He's talking about a pen register. Does anybody know what a pen register is? Did you know what a pen register was before this? They're keeping track of calls into Cohen and calls from Cohen. They keep a log. Typically, you get it from the phone company. That is a much lower threshold than putting a tap on somebody's phone. Maybe they sought a tap on Cohen's phone and didn't get it. Wouldn't that be the less, the next logical question if you're the NBC News investigative reporter? Well, did you seek to tap Mr. Cohen's phone? And if you sought to tap his phone in his office, in his home, in his hotel, what did the court say? They didn't grant you such a warrant, did they? Because the level, the standard that you would need to wiretap a lawyer's phone, particularly the lawyer to the president of the United States, is almost unimaginable. That's why when I first heard this, I couldn't believe it. I said earlier today, what? What the... What's next? Jim Comey, when he was in the Oval Office, was planting bugs in the lampshades or something? It's police state stuff. And NBC was wrong. They even dragged out Democrat Chuck Todd to underscore the correction. Anyway, go ahead. Is being used, so we know that, you know, what calls he may have been making or people using his phone lines were making. Now, as part of this, could there be other types of things that were monitored real-time as it relates to communications? Obviously, right. everybody now uses text. They now, use- even at this point, Chuck Todd knows, okay, this guy's just rambling on. He doesn't have first-hand knowledge of what he's now getting. Texts, this, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's not news to speculate. You already blew it once, Tom Winter. Go ahead. Uh, various types of apps to communicate. Uh, that's something that we haven't yet seen come out, and that's something that we haven't been guided to or told explicitly at this point. Then why are you saying it? You rambling buffoon. This is journalism today. Go ahead, Chuck. All right, Tom Winter, come on here. Important correction to our earlier report that we know uh, has some uh, big headlines. Um, Michael Cohen's calls are being monitored but they're not being listened into, at least as far as our sources are concerned. Wow. Aren't you humiliated, Chuck? The NBC News Department? You see, the poison that is MSNBC is now poured (laughs) fully into NBC. They're They're one and the same. There were no wiretaps. You know, remember, Levinites, remember Mr. Producer, last March, that is of 2017, when I pointed out the Washington, the New York Times talked about wiretaps, and I quoted them, and I talked about eavesdropping. And remember what they did to Trump? Who picked up on the actual reports and repeated them? What are you, not? You don't have any proof for wiretaps. Wiretaps, and the wiretaps, and the wiretaps, and this one's wire, that's wiretaps. Missed the entire point, but they went on and on and on. Tell me, are they going to go on for one week? With this guy and explaining, no, there were no wiretaps. Where did you get that from? There were no wiretaps. What are you talking about? What's with the wiretaps? What are you, left-wing kook? What are you, left-wing conspiracy theorist? No. What's happened here is you have different parts of the Southern District of New York, U.S. Attorney's Office, different FBI agents working on this. You got other types of caseworkers 
leaking. And some of them have more information than others. So the first leak was wrong. Then they have to have a second leak to correct it. If in fact they have corrected it fully. When you leak information like this, it is a felony. How come Chuck Todd didn't mention that? Why? Because they're helping to perpetrate it. But they're protected by the First Amendment, they'll tell you. This is the abuse of the First Amendment. No, I'm not saying change it. I'm saying change these people. They're destroying the press. They're destroying the press. This guy, Tom Winter, should be fired on the spot. I don't know him. It's not a personal animus. But you created worldwide headlines. Worldwide headlines that were false. Every damn thing you reported was false at 1 p.m. today, Eastern. And even in your correction, you never called it a correction. You were talking so fast, you were mumble-mouthing, they'd even chuck Todd up the step in and say it's a correction. Although, barely. Two sentences without a comma, semicolon, colon, or a period. So, here's the bottom line. On this aspect, there's a lot more, I'm afraid. These are called pen registers. If you really want to get into it, you can Google it and look into it. They're keeping track of the phone calls coming in and going out on specific phone lines or cell phones and so forth and so on. That's what they got the warrant for. They did not get, although I would like to know if they applied for a warrant, to get wiretaps. It never happened. If we're to believe them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've got some news of my own, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know NBC has changed the meaning of its letters? NBC? Used to be called the National Broadcasting Corporation. Now I understand that they have sent a, a memo out to its employees and they're going to be calling themselves through self-assessment nothing but crap. NBC, nothing but crap. And MSNBC, they said, wait, what about us? Okay, mostly stupid and nothing but crap. So NBC, henceforth, nothing but crap. Just like Jimmy Pimple, I mean Kimmel. Scam artist. Scam artist. So desperate not to give you news, but to pretend they're giving you news. Trying to create uh, hysteria about this president. Hysteria that they're, they're, on the, they're on the cusp. They're on the cusp of getting there, there they are. They're on the cusp. They, got a, they actually got a warrant to wiretap the president's private lawyer, his personal lawyer. Oh, we don't ever know that happening before. It never has, as far as I know. Not during Watergate or Iran or, or the 1400 uh, Clinton scandals. No. Oh, yeah, we got a wiretap on his private lawyer. Oh, my God, right? Wouldn't you say that? What the hell is that? That's like attorney-client privilege violation times a thousand. Police state. Oops, wait a minute. We have a correction. Buried in a mumbly mouth report. 
Not really. I mean, they were monitoring who was calling in and calling out. Nobody actually listened. Oops, sorry. Sorry. Throw it to you, Andrea. Now, let me help the other people in another part of this. Let me start from the latest and work our way back to what Giuliani said on Hannity on, on Fox. And you could see Hannity was shocked when Giuliani responded. And I would just give some friendly advice to Rudy Giuliani. He and I never really got along. When I worked in the Reagan administration, and he was busy trying to take out my attorney general. Loose lips, baby. Be very precise about your language. Loose lips for a lawyer, let alone a lawyer for the president, can be devastating. Now, what you did was not devastating from a legal perspective, but it was foolish. It was foolish. But when we come back after the break, you're going to hear one foolish lawyer, quasi-lawyer, wannabe lawyers after another, telling you the $130,000 payment in the non-disclosure agreement was an in-kind contribution, therefore a Federal Election Commission violation. We had the former chairman of the FEC on here. He said there's no way it's even possible. I want to explain it. Put aside all the slip-and-fall lawyers and the wannabes. They don't have the foggiest idea what they're talking about. I'll be right back. The voice of sanity in an insane world. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Now here's the question. Is a payment for a non-disclosure agreement, for whatever the purpose is, an illegal campaign contribution because it wasn't reported? Now, who do we go to to get expertise on this? Who do we go to? Should we go to an expert to get expertise? We're not going to go to nothing but crap NBC we're not going to go to mostly stupid and nothing but crap MSNBC we're not going to go to CNN the constipated news network and you shouldn't go to most lawyers because they don't know crap these are technical areas but Bradley Smith was on this program the former FEC chairman under George W. Bush and he's now a professor of law He said they considered not this specific situation, but situations like it, and absolutely ruled it out. Here's what he wrote in an op-ed in part in the Wall Street Journal. Now, I already talked to him. It's several weeks ago. You can go online. You can find it actually at our website, marklevinshow.com. Campaign, this is what he wrote. Campaign finance law aims to prevent corruption. And by that, he means with campaign funds. For this reason, the FEC has a long-standing ban on personal use of campaign funds. Such use would give campaign contributions a material value beyond helping to elect the candidate, the essence of a bribe. Okay, let's stop there. You can't use campaign cash to further solely personal purposes. Was campaign cash used here? Not one damn dime. Not a penny. Case closed. 
But let's continue. FEC regulations explain that the campaign cannot pay expenses that would exist irrespective of the campaign, even if it might help win the election. So in other words, what the NDA, the Non-Disclosure Act, and the payment were intended to cover, it's a contract for confidentiality. Had already happened. Regardless of the campaign. Happened a long time before. Regardless of the campaign. So the act, the alleged act, alleged act, was years earlier and not as a result of the campaign. That's what's meant by this. Federal regulations explain the campaign cannot pay expenses that would exist irrespective of the campaign, even if it might help win the election. At the same time, obligations that would not exist but for the campaign must be paid from the campaign funds. If paying hush money, he writes, is a campaign expense, a candidate would be required to make that payment with campaign funds, not personal funds. If paying hush money is a campaign expense, a candidate would be required to make that payment with campaign funds. How ironic, given that using campaign funds as hush money was one of the articles of impeachment in the Watergate scandal, which gave rise to the modern campaign finance law. So, if Trump had actually used campaign money for quote-unquote hush money for the non-disclosure agreement, then he would be nabbed. It would be a problem under the FEC laws, not under criminal laws, by the way. When the FEC adopted these regulations, he writes, it specifically rejected a rule under which campaign contributions could fund an expenditure related to a candidacy. I don't want the world to keep hearing from this woman. She keeps accusing me of X. He says, Trump, I didn't do it. The lawyer pays the money. Trump makes several payments. Giuliani says later, well, he's not sure it goes exactly toward it. It doesn't matter if it goes exactly toward it or if he knew it went exactly toward it or not. It's not dirty money. How ironic, given that using campaign funds as hush money, it was his own money. It was Michael Cohen first who put up the money, and apparently Trump who eventually paid him. In neither case is it campaign money. In neither case is it an in-kind contribution. When the FEC adopted these regulations, he writes, it specifically rejected a rule under which campaign contributions could fund an expenditure related to a candidacy. So you see, it can't be a direct payment. It can't be an in-kind payment. Only people who don't know what they're talking about are trying to turn it into an in-kind payment. But Bradley Smith is saying it's an impossibility because you can't pay for it out of campaign cash in the first, in the first place. And he didn't. The FEC was concerned, he said, that would make it too easy for candidates to use campaign funds for personal benefits. So in other words, the irony here is, if the loud mouths are right, if the slip-and-fall lawyers, pseudo-lawyers with law degrees are right, that this is an in-kind contribution, then what they're arguing is, you could have used campaign cash for this as long as you reported it. 
And what Smith is saying, no, you can't. Personal debts, for example, are related to the campaign. If unpaid, the candidate's reputation might suffer. So he's saying, so if you pay off a personal debt, that that has to be reported, a Rolex watch, a new suit, or a haircut might help a candidate look good on the trail. Is that an in-kind contribution? No. It's a personal payment. And so what Bradley Smith is saying, we didn't go near what people are alleging has taken place here by twisting the conversation. And here's what's embarrassing. On CNN, a former federal prosecutor, Solomon Weisenberg, who I'm quite familiar with, he worked in the Ken Starr Group, compared Rudy Giuliani's bombshell on the Hannity show to a murder-suicide. He served as deputy independent counsel during the Whitewater investigation and questioned former President Clinton before a grand jury. I mean, the comments on CNN Thursday. And unfortunately, Mr. Weisenberg has no idea what he's talking about. He said, I liken it to a murder-suicide. He, Giuliani, metaphorically murdered the president and committed suicide with respect to his own reputation. When you're representing anybody, much less the president of the United States, you know that when you go on television and make statements on his behalf, that's admissible in court. So what if it's admissible in court? Mr. Weisenberg, do you not understand the FEC rules? Or is Bradley Smith, the former chairman, confused about the FEC rules when this took place while he was chairman? When the rule was adopted or rejected when he was chairman. Do you know better, Mr. Weisenberg? No, that's not the problem, in my view. It's not a legal issue. It's not a campaign issue. Although rogue prosecutors might work on it. Don't get me wrong. They're capable of anything. Anything. No, the problem is you need to speak very precisely when you're speaking on behalf of the President of the United States. In a forum where you're going to have three to four million viewers and every pretend journalist sitting on the edge of their chair listening to every syllable. Listening to every syllable. It's not a matter of law or ethics in terms of the FEC rules or campaign finance. If the prosecutors try that, they're going to lose. In the end, they'll lose in the Supreme Court. They could win in some kook district court or some lopsided circuit court. But in the end, they'll lose on this rule. So it's Mr. Weisenberg who has it wrong over there at CNN, unfortunately. And he ought to know better because he's condemning himself for what he's condemning Rudy Giuliani for. But that said... I watched this interview too. I was rather shocked that Rudy Giuliani would present it the way that he presented it. And I wasn't the only one. I have not talked to Sean Hannity about this, but you, anybody could watch him and see, like, he did? He did pay it? Oh, yes, yes. So he paid it through the law firm and absolutely stunned. They're going to have to learn to do a better job of managing crises, even though they're getting slapped every single day from every single angle. But they're going to have to do a better job, because that's an unforced error. I'm not saying this 
to sabotage or trash. I'm saying this to help. And when the press secretary Sanders is in the dark and she's the best of the best, I got to tell you, she's the best I've ever seen. And I mean it. I would say the other one would be Ari Fleischer, probably. And by the way, a side note. I want to tell Miss Sanders something. I'm a 60-year-old man. I have a beautiful daughter, beautiful stepdaughter. And I want to tell you something. I don't want to talk to the reporters who are at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I don't care about them. They're loathsome. But I want her to understand something. You're a very attractive young lady. You are a very courageous young lady. You're a very professional young lady. And you are doing a spectacular job. Do not let these dogs get you down. Do not let them get you down. And I think I speak for virtually everyone in my audience how impressed we are with you. And how I'm sure your mother and father couldn't be prouder of you. And they ought to be. And so should the president. I don't know her. I met her once and walking through the White House. I think I shook her hand. I don't even remember. But she's a class act. I've got more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you folks a question. I really want you to listen to this. Because this is how sick things have gotten. Would you be a prouder father or mother if your daughter was Huckabee Sanders or Stormy Daniels? Would you be a prouder father or mother if your daughter was Huckabee Sanders or Stormy Daniels? Nobody talks about Stormy Daniels' looks. Nobody talks about her pornography other than using the label as if you're talking about, you know, some kind of food or whatever. Porno star. Oh, yeah, porno star. What does a porno star do? What does a porno star do? The Democrat Party is hanging its hat on a porno star. And these damn fool lawyers who are supposedly knowledgeable play right into it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's an in-kind contribution. When the former chairman of the FEC is, no, it's an impossibility. We specifically didn't make things of this nature, in this genre, contributions, which means they can't be in-kind contributions. But with the hysteria going on in this country, like I've never seen before, quite frankly, not in my lifetime, I have to respond. I can tell you I would be a proud father of a daughter like Huckabee Sanders. I would be a disgraced and embarrassed father with a daughter like Stormy Daniels. How many mothers and fathers out there want their daughters to become porno stars? As opposed to a press secretary to the President of the United States. I don't want you liberal sleazeballs calling me and spinning what I'm saying. You can do that among yourselves. You're good at that. The media hates Sanders, and they love Stormy Daniels. Even more. 
How many of you lawyers out there want to be known for representing a porno star who allegedly, reportedly violated their non-disclosure agreement? Is that how you want to earn your legal spurs? What kind of a lawyer would take on a case like this other than a Democrat legal hitman? What ties to the mayor of Chicago? And he's treated with seriousness? The journalists fawn over him, slobber over him 59 times in a few weeks' time? I believe he was on CNN. CNN used to be a news channel. We need to get our bearings here, folks. We need to impose our reality on the unreality the others want to impose on us. The porno star and her lawyer can go to hell. They mean nothing to me. They're insignificant. Their case is a joke. Oh yes, they'll be able to go through discovery. Any half-wit law student can bring motions and file briefs like this and try and get discovery and everything and use them as press releases. It's not a serious... Really, it's not a serious situation. It's serious in the sense that it's intended... The lawyer has said it's intended to force Trump from office. Which raises interesting ethical issues to me if its intention is to use a client to force the president from office. That doesn't necessarily sound like zealous representation to me. But look, I'm not involved in that case. I don't get involved in sleazy stuff like that. We'll leave it to them. But nobody ever talks about Stormy Daniels' looks. About Huckabee Sanders, whatever you want. I just want her to understand that regular people, regular Americans, get it. We do get it. And I, I don't know Huckabee well, Mike Huckabee. I've never met his wife, but I'm sure they're damn proud of their daughter. I don't know who the parents are of Stormy Daniels. Maybe they're proud of their daughter, and that would be part of the problem. She's still running around doing, what, what do they call these things? I don't know, striptease day? I don't know what it is. Doesn't bother the journalists, so-called, particularly the ones that sexually harass each other. Do they have a course in journalism school like that? How to sexually harass each other? Who teaches that course? Matt Lauer? Charlie Rose? Whatever happened to Charlie Rose? All the great icons. Were they icons to you? Was Matt Lauer an icon to you? He looked like a little schmo to me. How about Charlie Rose? Guy always looked like a pervert to me. Brokaw? Can't talk about Brokaw. Just like he couldn't talk about John Kennedy's affairs. Or Lyndon Johnson's affairs. Or Franklin Roosevelt's anti-Semitism. Oh yeah! You can't talk about any of that. Hey, wait! There are icons! But Stormy Daniels, yeah! Anything that works. Stormy Daniels, Michael Wolf, Yale Law Professor running around, violating the ethics rules of her association, accusing a president of being mentally ill. A dossier. 
that started the whole thing with disgusting, preposterous allegations paid for by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. Talk about disgusting and preposterous. I'm not done. Just getting started. Hour one in the can. Two to go. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Oh, that's cool. Keep getting these emails from the Bradley Foundation. Honestly, I don't know why. It's not like they uh, they actually invite me or anything. and It's very odd. There's a State of the Constitution meeting at the Heritage Foundation. And they have a number of conservatives who are speaking to it, Mr. Producer. Well, unless I'm speaking at it, why would I go to it? And they have these Bradley Awards they give. Well, unless I'm getting an award, why would I go to it? No offense. I wish they'd take me off their list. I've tried everything to stop it, but I can't stop it. Nothing personal. Nothing personal at all. All right, let's deal with this. Because there's a lot of wild asininity being burped out especially one by particular uh, quasi-radio host who's always trying to settle scores and exploit differences. Just the way some people conduct their lives. Here's Rudy Giuliani on Hannity last night. You've probably heard this a thousand times, but you haven't heard me. Cut one, go. Are you concerned in the process of this, we did discover that a foreign national, Christopher Steele, was paid through Fusion GPS, used Russian sources that not only weren't verified, but were debunked. Are you concerned that that was paid for to manipulate the American people in the lead up to an election? Isn't that closer to the mandate than Michael Cohen? Why isn't that having something? Where's Mueller on that, sir? Having having something to do with paying some Stormy Daniels woman 130,000, I mean, which is gonna turn out to be perfectly legal that money was not campaign money sorry i'm giving you a fact now that you don't know it's not campaign money all right stop there first of all he's right secondly we knew it a long time ago and thirdly people need to understand not only isn't it campaign money it can't be campaign money and it can't be in-kind campaign money i just want uh mr weissman to understand it and all the others go ahead Campaign finance violation. So they funneled it through the law firm. Now stop. So Hannity's like, what, they funneled it through the law firm? He was surprised. Go ahead. Funneled through the law firm, and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know that he did. There's no campaign finance law. Zero. No. So the president... Just like every... Sean... So this decision was made by... Everybody, everybody was nervous about this from the very beginning. I wasn't. I knew how much money Donald Trump put into that campaign. I said 130000 
going to do a couple of checks for 130,000. When I heard uh, Cohen- see, see this is this is where it gets sloppy. Because what he's saying here is imprecise. What he's saying here is not really relevant how much money the president has and put in the campaign. It's a different pool of money. You can't use campaign funds for quote unquote hush money. And notice hush money. Hush money. So every non-disclosure act, I guess, is, involves hush money. No, it's a contract. Stormy Daniels signed a contract. She received a payment. Later, she hired a lawyer and decided, well, I don't think the contract is legitimate. That's the essentials. It's not an in-kind contribution. I'm so sick of the insanity and the absurdity that is being spewed. But this bit of uh, imprecise language was not particularly helpful. Go ahead. Retainer of 35000 when he was doing no work for the president. Mm. I said, but that's how he's repaying. That's how, he, how's he, how he's Now, repaying. a lot of you might say, oh, my God, well, you can't pay a guy for doing no work. Of course you can. He's paying the lawyer, if I'm following Giuliani, to pay down the payment that he made. Cohen's not ensnared in anything. I don't care if they bring charges against him or whatever. They're wrong. He was not ensnared in anything. And Trump wasn't ensnared in anything. So it's not a murder-suicide. Oh, these clever fortune cookie lines, these guys. You know, they write them down, so when the TV cameras come on, I got a line. I don't write any lines down. I may take a few notes saying, make sure you touch on this, 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 because I think it's important to present this to the American people. They may not know that. But I don't write down one-liners. Either have it in your head or you don't when you're when you're in the course of a conversation. Murder, suicide. Go ahead. With a little profit and a little margin for paying taxes for Michael. But do you know the president didn't know about this? Uh, Now, why is Hannity asking this? Because there's an issue. Because apparently on the jet, I don't remember it precisely, it's out there, the president said he was unaware of it. So he's asking. The president know about this? Go ahead. Know about the specifics of it, as far as I know. But he did know about the general arrangement that Michael would take care of things like this. Like I take care of things like this for my clients. I don't burden them with every single thing that comes along. And what he's explaining here, and what he could have explained better, is these law firms or lawyers have these trusts. And sometimes payments, there's money in the trusts, and or there's money that's put into the trust a piece at a time for the lawyer to make a payment. That's what he's talking about. And yes, it happens all the time. Go ahead. Uh, These are busy people. Now let's go to uh, cut two. And this is uh, Giuliani on Fox and Friends this morning. Go ahead. Something that did stand out to me, I remember when Michael Cohen was interviewed about it, and he it seemed like he was saying that he was never reimbursed that $130,000, and now it sounds like the story's changing. Well, he, I mean, he's... Uh, no, 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 let's just stop that. By the way, does it sound like Fox is in the tank? I would ask Jeff Smith, your own business, your own company. This was a legitimate question. It's inquisitive. Go ahead. There's no doubt about it. So why did he say he wasn't? 
Maybe, maybe. First of all, this, if we had to defend this. The answer, Rudy, is I don't represent him. I've not consulted with him. I have no idea why I said it. That's it. That's it. But go ahead. A campaign contribution. I think we could do that. This was for personal reasons. This was the president had been hurt personally, not politically, personally so much. And by the way, that's a legitimate point. It's an allegation. He says it didn't happen. He could say, look, I, I got to I got to have. Um, let's see if we can do give her some money to keep her quiet. Perfectly legal. Enters into a contract. These allegations are false. Or even if he said, I'm running for president, I don't want this to get out, that's still not a campaign contribution, perfectly fine. It's not an in-kind contribution. None of it's illegal. None of it's a violation of the Federal Election Commission rules. It's just not. And I'm sick of the fools out there who keep saying it. So let's say there's an indictment based on this. Mark, you said this. I stick by it. An indictment is not an adjudication. An indictment is an indictment. It's a one-sided action. That's all it is. And sometimes indictments go out for the purpose of pressuring people to plead to something else. I know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. And, and the First Lady, by some of the false allegations, that one more false allegation, right. six years old, I think he was trying to help the family. And I, to, to, for that... The man is being treated like some kind of villain. And I think he was just being a good lawyer. And if that's the case, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing whatsoever. And then there's the porn lawyer, Michael Avenatti, who you never heard of before. Who you never heard of before. This guy's like a bad rash on a porno star. Cut four, go. The president is digging his uh, hole, a hole, deeper and deeper with each passing day. Now we have Mr. Giuliani this morning on Fox and Friends doing the same. You know, look. I and what hole is he deep? Is he digging? What what hole is he digging? Joseph Story. Here we have Joseph Story, ladies and gentlemen, one of the great Supreme Court justices. Tell me, Joseph Story, lawyer for the porn star, what hole is he digging? Why? Because you can file complaints on behalf of a porn star that attacks the President of the United States? You should draw the endless attention of the media in this country? And that's, that's all this is. And we go through this every few months. They flop some other nobody out there on TV over and over and over again. They're gone. They flop another one out there. Over and over and over again, they're gone. They flop another one out there. Over and over and over again, they're gone. Doesn't matter. It is relentless. A relentless assault on the presidency. That's the way you have to look at it. It is a relentless assault on the election results. This is exactly what happens in third world countries. This is exactly what happens when parties in third world countries wrest control from other parties and then condemn the leaders of the other party and look for reasons to try and put them in prison. Go ahead. Talking, and I hope they keep tweeting because our case just keeps getting you better. You said the president won't serve out Your his case time. is crap, pal. Absolute crap. 
You're doing this so you can do discovery, so you can harass the president, so you can try and humiliate him and humiliate his wife. I know what you are. And you know what you are, too. You don't fool most lawyers, even though you fool most so-called journalists. Go ahead. Office. How? Is he going to resign? I, I believe that ultimately he will be forced to resign due to information that his, is going to come to light in connection with our case, as well as the raids. So what information, pal, is coming to light in connection with your case? You have an obligation to tell the American people. Now you made an allegation like that against the president of the United States. Tell us. You don't need to wait. Tell us. Not a word. Go ahead. The FBI. What is, it, it, a very, what, is it, what is it, Michael, that you now expect to prove that we don't already know? I think we're going to prove the details of this reimbursement. I think The reimbursement, to- pal, is going to cause the president to resign. You realize what an idiot you are and how stupid you sound? Go ahead. ...be criminal liability, criminal exposure in connection with how this payment was handled. How, how is there was- criminal exposure with how this payment was made? Did it, was it laundered through the Clinton Foundation? I don't think so. Was it laundered through a law firm? Infusion GPS? I don't think so. So what exactly is the, I can't even imagine, the criminal issue with respect to how the payment was made? Was it made with counterfeit cash? Was it made with drug money? Joseph's story won't tell us. The porn lawyer, Joseph's story won't tell us. Go ahead. The money flowed if they were if they were sending bogus law firm retainer invoices in an effort. Look, to look at them. this guy flopping around like a flounder on the beach. He really is pathetic. And we all know he's pathetic. You know, ladies and gentlemen, sure, you could have harsh treatment to look younger. But why would you do that? Listen to Joanne from Connecticut. My husband looks 10 years younger using Genesel. He saw results the first day he used it. I've also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. Imagine the bags and puffiness under your eyes. Gone. Watch those saggy, droopy eyelids disappear. That's years off your appearance. Genesel for Chaminade is an easy choice. Genesel contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's as simple as that. In fact, with immediate effects... You'll see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours or your money back guaranteed. Hello. Results in as little as 12 hours or your money back guaranteed. And from now until Mother's Day, order Genesel and you can try Chamonix's brand new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, sagging eyelids absolutely free. Order now and Genesel. Well, Chamonix will include a surprise luxury gift also free. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Or better yet, call their toll-free line, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Call now. Express shipping is also free. 800-SKIN-604 or visit Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. on the Fox News Channel at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Hannity tonight in two hours, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Very much look forward to it. 
uh, Avenatti on Morning Joe today. And why wouldn't he be? Because Morning Joe throws a net out there, looks for every miscreant and malcontent, malcontent he can find as he leads his smear campaign against the President of the United States. And as you know, we've read and we've explained before that the Morning Schmo show is the favorite show of the North Korean generals. What do you think about that? Probably the, uh, the jihadis in Tehran, too. He's big on the genocidal set. Yeah, they do. They enjoy it. Because they get a lot of aid and comfort out of what Joe Scarborough does to the President of the United States. He's a petty, thin-skinned, very stupid man. Michael Avenatti. Go ahead. They're in full panic mode. They don't know what to do. They're digging the hole deeper. And we're going to get to the bottom of this no matter how long it takes. And this You're going to get to the bottom end. of what, pal? You're going to get to the bottom of what? Through your porn star client. What are you going to get to the bottom of? You see, Joe Scarborough sits there like, the, uh, like a log in the petrified forest. He's just too stupid to ask a question, even though he's supposedly a lawyer. You're going to get to the bottom of what? Did she not or did she not sign a non-disclosure agreement? Well, it was defective because, well, that's the nature of your case. You're not going to get to the bottom of anything else. You're a, a, a soap opera. That's what you are. You're a soap opera. This whole damn thing is a soap opera. In fact, so bad is this guy, according to Mediate, the headline is, one thing is clear from Michael Cohen's hearing, no one wanted Michael Avenatti there, by Colin Kambacher. And he writes this piece that Avenatti's trying to intervene, and the government says, essentially, keep this guy out. And then Cohen's lawyer says, you know, we want to have an opportunity to look at this intervener motion, too. I mean, he just filed it this morning. And the judge punted and said, we'll see, and let's see if they can work it out. And then the reporter observed that Thomas McKay, the prosecutor, really wanted very little to do with Avenatti. But Avenatti wanted a lot to do with McKay, you see, because he wants to work some out with the government so he can be involved. Why? No doubt to zealously represent his porno star client, and no doubt to zealously represent his massive ego in the media. Just saying. I'll be right back. This is where liberalism ends and liberty begins. The Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. You know, you can help put a pocket copy of the Constitution in the hands of every public high school and middle school student in the country. Why wouldn't you want to help with this, Edward? I know we would, especially since Hillsdale College is spearheading this ambitious project. Many of you have taken one of Hillsdale College's free online courses on the Constitution, economics, history, and freedom. Others have attended the free regional events Hillsdale sponsors around the country. Some of you benefit from Hillsdale's free work with charter schools. Hillsdale does these things is part of their mission to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty and to help Americans become better citizens, to preserve freedom. Now they're reaching out to public schools by sending a copy of the Constitution and Declaration to every middle and high public school principal in America, along with an offer to provide free copies for every student. 
This is the last week to help with the school project. Learn how you can help in this historic effort to reach America's youth with truth and how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's pocket constitution to keep or give away. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. All right. Let us go to Martin, Gainesville, Florida, on the great WSKY. Go. Hey there, Mark. You're on a roll, my man. You're rolling. Thank you, buddy. So, the benefit my of my ire is up, and I don't even know what the hell ire is. Go ahead. <laughs> my point is this: first of all, this Avenetti, he's a fake lawyer. He knows he's doing something that's absolutely unethical because you brought on the former FEC commissioner. And the man shut down any line of questioning beyond the fact that it is not a crime and they ought to drop it. And yet they keep rolling it out as though he... But listen to me. He doesn't even have a role in determining whether it's a crime. This is why when he goes on the Scarborough show and Scarborough sits there like the dumb you-know-what that he is and lets the guy spew, and there were criminal payments and criminal this and criminal that. It's going to come on in what? His civil litigation? The U.S. attorney doesn't even want him in the courtroom. Absolutely horrible. Well, but it doesn't matter. Look, MSNBC and and CNN, you know, mainly stupid and uh, what the hell did I say? And nothing but crap. Yes, sir. And Constitution News Network. This is what they are. They are the they they are cartoons without the cartoons. Human beings playing cartoonish characters. You ever see this guy, Chris Cuomo? He's Not a court sure. gesture. This guy. <laughs> Well, let me conclude with a comment and answer your question that you had earlier, and I know you've moved past it, but I felt compelled to say this. I would be such an exceptionally proud father to have Sarah Sanders as my daughter. She has more class and more poise than all of those clowns on those channels you mentioned put together. And without getting, you know, nasty, and I don't think you will, would you be a proud father of Stormy Daniels? Are you kidding? Please. I mean, I is, is it, isn't this incredible? We know what she does for a living. It's humiliating as far as I'm concerned. She's probably humiliating her family. You're not allowed to inquire. You're not allowed to ask. Of course, you don't talk about her looks. But when it comes to Sarah Sanders, everything's game. Everything. It's disgusting. It uh, is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. That's the only word, Martin. Thank you for your call. Mike, San Francisco, excuse me, California, the great KSFO. Go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark. I just want to preface by saying you're the best getting angry person on the, on the radio. Whenever you <laughs> raise your voice, it's just like an aria to me. Um, I, I totally, Thanks, I think. I didn't doubt Giuliani for a second. I couldn't believe everybody was coming out and said he just made a big goof with that. I'm, I mean, I, he did Giuliani not make a goof legally or ethically. The goof was, in my view, the uh, the impreciseness, almost wanderingness of the way that he discussed it. Now, you got millions of people watching. You know, you have your enemies in the media watching. You got to do it with some precision and some uh, some some, uh, you know, he knows how to do it. And he didn't do it the right way. I mean, it was strategic because it was going to come out anyway. No, I agree with that. He had to get it out. And, and as my understanding is, he said later, he said, look, I discussed it with the president. Okay, great. But do it in a way that I think is more understandable. And it is, uh, 
you know, net later they come out and they say, look, as he did on Fox and Friends, the president, you know, he made a variety of payments. He didn't know exactly how this was supposed to work. Look, because he's busy. He said, all right, how do you want to get paid? You know, that sort of thing. And so when he's on the plane, he said, look, I, I don't know. I don't know how this was paid. I didn't pay it. So people are saying that's a lie. That's an inconsistency and so forth and so on. I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else. What's amazing to me is we're all imperfect. Some are very imperfect. But I watch the sanctimony of these media types, and more and more of them have exposed themselves as sexual harassers, as hypocrites, as leftists dressed up as Democrats, as people who are more than willing to ruin people's reputations with leaks and anonymous stuff and so forth and so on. They really are not in a position to be making judgments about anybody else. They, they have demonstrated through their phony reporting and the abuse of the First Amendment just how terrible they really are. So I don't need any lectures from them. I'll make my own decisions about the president and his inconsistencies, and it was inconsistent. But in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, Mike, thank you for your call. And they have absolute blowhards. Get on radio. Go on about conspiracy theories to get this one or that one and so forth. To drive down somebody's ratings, to drive down a, uh, a competitor's reputation and so forth is so loathsome and disgusting. And you know who damn well who I'm talking about. Amy, Colorado Springs, XM Satellite. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. It's an honor to speak to you. You're absolutely brilliant. Well, um, I don't know about that, just, but thank you. <laughs> Apparently not brilliant enough. The Bradley Foundation has all these conservatives talking about the Constitution, and they want me to attend and sit in the audience and watch. That ain't going to happen. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I just had a quick comment about, you know, it infuriates me just watching them talk about how did the president pay this? How did the president pay that? When I know that our congressmen have a slush fund for covering up sexual. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yes. and it's paid Taxpayer for- dollars. Yes, sir. And, and I brought this up the first time the chairman of the FEC was on. You might remember Amy and I and I asked him, I said, well, now, wait a minute. Uh, shouldn't they all be charged with something or other? I mean, after all, they're using our tax dollars to cover up. Uh, this is all bogus. It's all completely bogus. And, of course, you make an excellent point. All right, Amy? I, yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, Mark. You have a good, good rest of your evening. You too. And keep in mind, Joe Scarborough came to the defense of John Conyers. Your point that you were hoping to make, right, Amy? Yep. Go ahead and make it. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, you know, and you never hear about, I haven't heard for a long time about the Congress's pledge fund. It it was in the news for maybe a day and then it went away. Mm. And why don't they investigate these? How about these sexual infidelities, which are serial uh, among members of Congress, apparently? I seem to remember one senator, Congresswoman, said that. Or in the media, print, website, uh, TV media. How about all that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and you're not allowed to ask about couples who are on TV, 
where you know that there were there was uh, hanky panky probably anyway going on people over at CNN and MSNBC. I mean, it's 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 really a known so-called secret. And NBC is probably the very worst about it. The very worst. Well, CNN might be, too. Yeah. All right, my friend. Appreciate it. Aubrey, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Yes, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Every day we get this story, whatever it is, that's going to blow Trump out of the presidency again. And it gets to we where the media can't be trusted. And my point with this is the media has abused their First Amendment right. When the founders set up our government with three uh, three different parts of the government, the legislative, the judicial, and the executive, they also set up the First Amendment for the uh, press to be the truth-sayers as a, a hedge against... No, the truth is they didn't expect the press to be the truth-sayers. I mean, the press was... More honest back then, the press was partisan. And most of the press, that is pamphleteers and so forth, they took sides with political parties or political movements. They never pretended to be objective. They never pretended to be bipartisan. Political parties had so-called press. Uh, Political movements had so-called press. Um, But today we have uh, frauds who pretend to be objective or multipartisan or whatever the hell it is. And we know what they are. They are the Praetorian Guard, as I've said it for years and years, of the Democrat Party, the Obama administration, and big government. That's what they are. That's exactly what they are. They have fallen in line. They're in bed with the, the, the liberal side of the government, and which happens to be, it seems well, like... Well, look how many of them were uh, Democrats who served in Democrat positions, Democrat campaigns. I mean, you can hardly watch TV... Uh, without coming across them in these so-called news components of these enterprises. This is why I listen to you, because to me, you are the instant replay of the press. We actually get to see the truth when we listen to you, and we don't have to hear the lies and the cover-ups and the the distractions that the mainstream media brings out. Well, thanks, buddy. Aubrey, you're a good guy. I really appreciate it, too. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I have some big news from PM Capital. I really, really want you to listen to this. They know that when it comes to retirement, most of us want to make sure we have the means to travel and see more of this great country. That's why for a very limited time, PM Capital is giving away an exclusive $2,500 travel savings card with all gold and silver purchases over $5,000. You heard me correctly. You'll receive a free $2,500 travel savings card when you purchase over $5,000 worth of gold or silver from PM Capital. That's pretty incredible. Not only will you have the solid investment of the precious metals you just purchased, you'll be on your way to receiving substantial savings on hotel stays across the country. Call PM Capital right now to place your order. Call one 382 2503 Now, they can't do this forever. That's 1-877-382-2503, 877-382-2503, or visit 
MyTravelCard.com. That's MyTravelCard.com. I can't encourage you any more strongly to jump in right now. 877-382-2503. All right. Who else is out there? Let us go to uh, Cheryl, Key West, Florida, XM Satellite. How are you? Yes. Hey, I'm here. Go for this it. Is Cheryl. Yes, you are. Yes, sir. Miss, Mr. Levine, I am so honored to talk to you. I Thank love you. you. I listen to you. And Thank I've you. only been listening to you for like a year and a half. But I, yeah. oh, my God, uh, where, where did I waste the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I shook Mr. Uh, Dr., uh, uh, President Trump's hand three weeks ago when he came down here to Key West, where I work. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a government contractor, and I work down mm-hmm. here in Key West. All right. And and uh, uh, okay, on the side, Sarah Huxtable Sanders, she's my hero. Okay. All right, you want you wanted to talk about NDAs. We're going to run out of time. I okay. have been last fifteen years. I've been working on a government project, uh, and I've been I signed non disclosure agreements. I work as a contractor with different companies, and every time a new company takes over, company A hires me. I sign a non disclosure agreement. Company B, mm-hmm. company A loses contract. Company B hires me. I sign a non-disclosure agreement. And Co- typically, when you settle a settlement agreement in a lawsuit, you sign dual non-disclosure agreements. Well, I, I mean, mean they I, are as common that you can go online and find forms of non-disclosure agreements. Go ahead. Every time a new company, when my company, what I'm working for, they lose the contract. New company comes in, I hire non non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. I'm working for company D now. They asked me what happened with Company A or Company B or C. I said, I cannot tell right. you. All right, ma'am. You're right on. I appreciate it. But at least you honored your NDA. That's the issue in this litigation, I would think. Mr. Avenatti or whatever his name is, uh, he's not pursuing anything criminally. He's not the government. He doesn't represent the public interest. He represents a porn star. And he's very proud of it. As Chris from Fort Worth, Texas would be, the great WBAP, proud of Stormy as a daughter. Go ahead. Mark, the great one, what an honor. I, I uh, record all your Sunday shows because I don't get in till late and I uh, can't wait to see them. But anyway, my Thank comment you. was, of course, I would be very proud of Cher, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders because I believe she's a great and honorable woman. But mm-hmm. I would be just as proud of Stormy Daniels as my daughter, but the only problem is I would be very disappointed in her decisions. I would still love her, but her decisions... No, I didn't say you would still love her. You wouldn't be proud of her. No, I wouldn't... You would be proud of her as a porn star? Well, no, I'm not proud of that, those decisions. Those are... Now, terrible. my question is, who would you be more proud of? The uh, profession and the work of Sanders or the profession and work of Daniels? But I would still, I would still... I didn't say you wouldn't love her. Of course you would. That wasn't the question. Well, I'd be proud of her, too, because... All right. You know, I, I don't understand, Chris. No, you wouldn't be proud of her. Your, your daughter a porn star? I wouldn't be proud that she's a porn star, no. No, that's I, the whole point. So think of it that way. If your daughter were a porn star, would you be proud of her? No. And if you are proud of her, something's wrong with the family. In my humble opinion... Or is that not allowed to be said anymore? Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts. There, I said it. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I've done a very poor job of reminding you that rediscovering Americanism and the tyranny of progressivism is now out in paperback form. Mr. Producer, do you mind linking that on my social sites? And if you have time to read it, I hope you will. Um, as you well know, I actually write my own books. And I wish I could put every one of these authors under oath who turn out a zillion books a year so we can determine if they actually write their own books, including in the conservative movement. You know, unless you're really a fast writer like William Buckley was and a fast thinker, okay, fine. But if you're some guy who we know is mostly a putz, who wastes your weekends, who's self-indulgent, we know you're not writing two or three books a year on your own. We know you're not. It takes real focus to write a real book that has real substance that might be really interesting to you. And it takes an enormous amount of time and research. So really think this through when you hear people hawking their next book and their next book and their next book and their next book. I write about a book every other year because it takes me about a year to write a book. Usually a year and a half. Which is why they're number one on the New York Times bestselling list. Not because of the New York Times, because of you. You get what you expect, what you pay for. I've actually reached a point where I really don't need to write books for money. It's the least lucrative thing that I do. I also happen to think it's one of the most important things that I do. Remember what we talked about the other day, or I did, these different Formats. They have a different purpose, and yet the same mission, as far as I'm concerned. Some people like to read, some don't. Some people like to listen to the radio, some don't. Some people like to watch TV, some don't. Some people like to watch digital TV or listen to a radio show digitally, some don't. My attitude is, okay, it's me, here's my content, I will present it in different ways, different platforms, but the core, the substance, will always be as best as I can make it, solid. The other thing is, my view is in writing a book, if you're going to take the time to purchase it and the time to hold it and read it, whether it's through your device or whether it's through the actual book, which is what I prefer, that's how I read, well, then I really ought to come through for you. doesn't mean you'll necessarily like everyone that I write, although you've done... You said many wonderful things. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, Justin. And we were, we were looking at the different books that I wrote. 
Justin is my cardio guy, my exercise guy. He's the one who makes sure I'm alive. And uh, really smart guy, too. And he said, what's the toughest book that you wrote? Meaning, what's the toughest book uh, to read that I wrote? To read Discovering Americanism. The second one would be Ameritopia. And I told him, my audience has stuck with me through everything for 15 years. They actually listen to a radio show at 6 p.m. at night, Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific, and all times in between all over the country. Some of our affiliates delay the show. Some of them preempt them, which is why we have significant growth on podcasts or our app listeners or our online listeners in the millions, millions. And when the show runs live, we beat any competitor in the talk business. Now, why am I saying this? Because you're smart. You don't listen to this show because you want to hear a lounge act. You don't listen to the show because you want to hear repetition from what you just heard three hours earlier. You probably wonder what angle I'm going to have or how I'm going to approach this or so forth and so on. Because that's how I think too. How should I approach this? Not to be clever or unique. I am what I am. It is to be right from my perspective with my own experience and background. Because I'm on as the cleanup hitter. I have to be the best I can possibly be. The number four batter. I have to be the best that I can possibly be. Because you've heard all the other stuff already. And if you're like me, you don't need to hear it all again. And if you listen to me, you won't. Rediscovering Americanism, I think, is the toughest book to read. But I also told my friend Justin, my audience is tough. And they want to learn, and they want substance, and they want information, and they'll go even further than my book. They'll look up things on their own. It's now out in paperback. And I gave this book an enormous amount of time in writing it. Matter of fact, I wrote this book differently. And by the way, I'm not just telling you this to hawk a book. I'm telling you this because a lot of people ask me about these things. Usually when I start writing a book, I think about one chapter, the next, how I want it to lead. You know, you think of a rational and logical progression, how you want to introduce it, how you want to proceed, the highlights, and how you want to wind it up and conclude it. That's not how I wrote this book. I went into this book as an inquisitive thinker, person. What is it about Americanism that's so exceptional? We say Americans are exceptional, you know, and then people throw out five words. Well, what is it really? And where does it come from? What's the source of this? That's how my mind works. Where some people will stop at, we're exceptional because of freedom, this, that. Well, what does that mean exactly? Where do these ideas come from? They didn't just spring up at the, con- at the um, Second Continental Congress. 
the convention of the Declaration. They didn't just spring up in Philadelphia. The Constitutional. Where, where did these ideas come from? These ideas in the Declaration. These ideas in the Constitutions of Virginia and Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. They're so similar. They're so alike. This mindset, and it's so different from the popular culture today. Why is that? Why are these magnificent principles upon which the greatest nation on the face of the earth was given birth? And no nation like it, ever. Why are they being devoured? By whom are they being devoured? What is this force? Where does this come from? Why is it so powerful? This is how my mind works. And so I dug. I mean, I knew some of the answers, but I wanted to know more. And then, of course, you have to decide, how am I going to write this book? A lot of people in this business, they and their co-writers and ghostwriters, they dumb down their books. I'm never going to do that to you. I don't dumb down this broadcast. I don't dumb down my TV shows. And I'm not going to dumb down my books. And if I did that, I think you'd be sorely disappointed. Sorely disappointed. Some people buy my books. They'll read part of it, put it on the shelf, go back, think about it, look at it again. They may read it over a period of a year. That's all good. You don't need to read it during one quick vacation. These books don't work that way. There may be something in the book that intrigues you that you want to look at. So I didn't write this book thinking of first chapter, second chapter, first, you know, nine, ten, whatever it was. I wrote it differently. I said, I want to dig into Americanism. And then I want to dig into modern progressivism. I want to know how these two incompatible belief systems came to be. Who's forcing what? How did we get where we are today? Who are these people? Why does Jefferson refer often to Aristotle? To Cicero? To Sidney? Among others. Why did so many of your founding fathers do that? What's all that mean? Where did these ideas come from for separation of powers? Where did these ideas come from? Natural law and natural rights? Individual liberty? Equality under the law? Why is there such hostility toward this? This ideology imported from Europe called progressivism. That's what we call it today anyway because that's what they labeled themselves. Progressive, you know, as opposed to regressive. The rest of us, theoretically. Then, as we do on this program, we use these terms. What exactly do we mean by liberty? It's thrown around seems to have different meanings to different people. Even those who, in my view, promote tyranny, claim it in the name of liberty. Well, what's all, what's all that mean? Where'd that come from? How did that happen? What about equality? 
It's a great word. Everybody uses it. We ought to be equal. Well, what does that mean? Equal in what? Equal how? So I explore it. I can spend an entire weekend, like writing this book, and write three pages. And then I can spend an entire weekend and write ten pages. And when I'm all done writing it, do you know what I do, Mr. Producer? I go back and look at it again and again and again to try and figure out where I might have gone wrong, to find, try and figure out whether it might be a place of illogic. Then I look at it again. Then I'm done. Did the best I could. Anyway, that may interest you, or you might have turned off the radio and gone and gotten a bologna sandwich. That said, it's in paperbook now on Amazon. Uh, all the great bookstores, small and large. It's Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. Mark Lovin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've given an enormous amount of thought, maybe about four and a half seconds, on again, as yesterday, this Boy Scouts controversy. The name boy. Just call them scouts. And I'm I'm truly troubled by this. No, not the boy part, the scouts part. The scouts part, you know, it's demeaning of Native Americans. So I'm struggling to try and figure out the new name in our new world order here. Can't use boy, you know. That suggests a male. And I thought, well, that's the answer. Male. But to me, that's not the problem, really. The boy part of it. It's the, sc- <coughs> it's the scouts part of it. It's the scouts part of it. So I came up with this name for what was once the Boy Scouts. How about male Native Americans? You can join your male Native American Association. I think that works. Now, if little girls want to join the Male Native American Association, they can still be little girls. Unlike liberals, we don't demand that they do something to their bodies. No, that's perfectly fine. But they are girls who are part of the organization called the Male Native American Association. It's just the way it is. Whether they like it or not. Now, the Girl Scouts apparently are upset about all this. Say, well, what about us? Well, there's an easy answer to this whole thing. If you want to get serious about it. There's an easy answer to the whole thing. Just adopt the Obama administration's guidelines when it comes to bathrooms. And gym showers. You're a girl. You want to be with the boys. You self-identify as a boy. You move over to the other line. You're a boy. You want to self-identify with a girl. What's wrong with that? Right? Equality. That word equality. The left is killing this country. Absolutely killing this country. The Boy Scouts founded, I believe originally, during the presidency of Theodore Roosevelt to help turn boys into men. You're not allowed to turn boys into men anymore. 
You're not allowed to turn boys into, into men anymore. Instead, you've got to turn them into people like Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. Obviously, he was a boy who turned into a moron. I want you to listen to this idiot. Hat tip, right bar, cut eight, go. He is seriously contemplating interference in this investigation. In fact, possibly firing Rosenstein, because remember that those Republican members who were asking for these documents are threatening to impeach Rod Rosenstein. And these threats and intimidation from Republican members of Congress are, in fact, arguably obstruction of justice. Now, I want you to listen to this. So a member of Congress who's protected by the speech and debate clause in the Constitution can't be charged with dreck, nothing. This guy, United States Senator, a lawyer, former Attorney General of Connecticut, and a once highly decorated combat veteran in Vietnam, oops, he lied about that, serial liar, is now saying that if Republicans dare to suggest that Rosenstein should be impeached, it's obstruction of justice. How does a country survive when Neanderthals like this are in the United States Senate? From a state like Connecticut, which has a very highly educated population, go ahead, just ask them. They'll tell you how highly educated they are. Now, the good people of Mississippi who are put down by leftists, they would never elect a Neanderthal like this because their senators do and would understand that a member of Congress cannot be held in obstruction of justice for talking about impeaching Rod Rosenstein, you idiot, you absolute clown. This is why jerks like this won't come on my shows. This is why. Who else can so easily fillet them? It's unbelievable what we've got going. This guy's a United States senator. He should be in a padded room. He's a United States senator. They should be feeding him applesauce with a with a soup spoon. Instead, look at him. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Don't forget. In one hour, just 60 minutes, I will be on Hannity TV on the Fox News channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, all kinds of times in between and outside, depends where you are. I hope you'll check it out. You know, uh, are you hiring? You know, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the people to see it, that's kind of ridiculous. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that actually finds the right job candidates for you. It's not a passive system. It's an active system. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Now, these invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire, and ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications. Listen to this. Spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, you, my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free. Absolutely free. 
Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So my wife and I are in Florida over the weekend. And I put the TV on. And I've never seen anything like it. Ad after ad after ad after ad has to be a fortune because the Florida market is not cheap with all the cities and so forth. For a guy by the name of Adam Putnam. I said, who the hell's Adam Putnam? And he's running, he's the conservative Republican running in the Republican primary for governor of Florida. And I said, he's the conservative Republican? I never heard of the guy. Well, because he's agriculture commissioner of Florida. Now, why did he become agriculture commissioner of Florida? Well, when he was 22, he decided he would run for the Florida House. I, I just Googled it and I read it. I said, 22? Wow, he must have brought a, a boatload of experience to that job. Then, as soon as there was an opening to run for Congress, he dropped that, and he ran for the House of Representatives, and he was elected when he was like 26. Then he stayed in Congress for some time, and he became part of the, of the leadership. I think it was the number five guy, give or take, in the leadership of the Republican Party. Then he decides to leave there to run for agriculture commissioner as a stepping board to become governor. I said, what the hell's this guy done? I don't know, but I have a house in Florida and it matters to me. Plus, I love the state of Florida. I've always loved the state of Florida. I got my parents in Florida. So I'm thinking to myself, where's he getting all this money from? The agriculture commissioner. And then it came to mind. Agriculture. Then I look further. Agra-sugar. Sugar daddy. Special interest money, loading it up in packs after pack after pack, and then trying to convince the Republicans in Florida that this guy's the conservative Republican. And all his time, I ask you in Florida, and all his time in the state legislature, in the United States Congress, running agriculture, can you name three things that he's done? And so, as you know, I've endorsed Congressman DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Now, why have I endorsed him? Because I've watched him. I went to a hearing and watched him. Because I know his background. Congressman DeSantis, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to ask you a question. What were you doing at 22? Well, I was serving in Iraq when I was in my 20s. I was serving in places like Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, at the detention facility, and uh, and serving the country. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... You have a law degree, don't you? I do. Where did you get it from? Uh, the Command Central of American Liberalism, Harvard Law School. I went in and came out a conservative. That's not easy to do, Mark. So you served in the United States military in your 20s, including Iraq. That's what you said, correct? That's right. Guantanamo. Then you come out and you go to law school. You go to one of the best in the, in the country. I'm not a fan of it, but you understand what I mean, the best Ivy League school and so forth. It's a big deal. It's hard to get in and even harder to get out. This is uh, quite remarkable. And then I'm watching you in Congress. You don't have all this seniority. You're a young man. <clears throat> You've got a, a wonderful young family. Um, and you decide, you know what? I'm going to defend this country in Congress, too. And I've watched you. 
and I've watched you defend the president. I've watched you defend the Constitution, the United States military, the border. You've taken the lead. You're not under the thumb of the Republican leadership. You're your own man, your own thinker. And then I came to a hearing in particular uh, that my wife, Julie, and my son-in-law, David, said I should go to in the middle of the day. And I showed up and I watched. And you were leading your subcommittee to move the, the, the to get the country to recognize Jerusalem as the capital and to move the embassy there. You were way ahead of the game. And yeah, you were fact, effective. Um, What's that? And I had... And in the previous uh, spring, I had taken a trip with the committee. I went over there to Jerusalem. We looked at all the various sites. I did a major press conference at the King David Hotel. was on the front page of all the papers over there. Um, but the interesting thing is the site I identified as the best short-term place to do it uh, and, and gave that to the administration, that is the site they ultimately selected. And so I'll be there on, on May 14th uh, for the opening. Uh, By the way, the I'll see you then because I'm going too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it's well, going to be a great day. Obviously, the president deserves the credit for pulling the trigger. Right. All his predecessors had promised to do it. None of them did it. But I really felt if we could just raise the visibility of the issue, that would guarantee the president would make the decision. Because I knew the State Department would tell him not to do it, and I knew some of his advisors would tell him not to do it. But if it was visible out there, the president would say, you know what, I promised this, and I need to, need to pull the trigger. And he did. And you have also... You have also been part of the leadership effort to get the Justice Department under control again. And you've been working Walmart. with the Freedom Caucus. You've been working with the Freedom Caucus. You're on the Freedom Caucus. I, I, your reputation as a stellar conservative, a thoroughly decent principled man is ubiquitous. And But I don't, I honestly, in all the years he was in Congress, I don't know of all the conservative things that Adam Putnam did to be running tens of mil- hundreds of, mil- I don't know what he's doing, hundreds of thousands of dollars in commercials saying he's the conservative Republican in the, in the race. How so, Congressman? Well, look, I, I think they, everyone says that, Mark. I mean, you know, that's been an issue with our party for a long time. People in primaries, they say they're conservative, they get elected, and then they don't do what they said they would do. And I think my record is one that, I ran on certain conservative principles, limited government, strong national defense, you know, the Reagan tradition. I got there. That's not always the easiest thing to stick by in the swamp because that's not what people want you to do. Uh, but I stayed true to those principles the whole way through. So I think people could look at me and say, you know, this guy, if he says he's going to do it, he will. He also has a record of leadership where he's not just sitting idly by like a little wallflower. He's actually out there in the arena taking the heat to lead on issues that matter to people. Where's he getting all this money from? Well, look, I mean, we, you know, in the Tallahassee, you got a lot of entrenched interests, and he's the candidate for them. There's just no doubt about it, um, and they've poured a lot of money into his campaign. You know, we've done uh, well myself, partially because we got a lot of grassroots folks who go to rondesantis.com and help us out, um, but that is a lot of just the entrenched money you know, that is fueling that message. I got to tell you, I felt like uh, people must have felt like in Mao's China with the endless uh, messages until you're indoctrinated. In a, there's Adam Putnam. There's Adam Putnam. There's Adam Putnam. And he doesn't say anything. He's walking around with cows. Have you noticed that? <laughs> All right. I don't yeah, want to get you I mean- in trouble. Yes. No, look, well, I mean, people got to do do the message. I mean, I'll be happy to do, you know, messages of, 
you know, the guy, uh, you know, I'm an Iraq veteran, naval officer. You know, I have uh, the top conservative record in Florida, and I'm supported by the likes of the great one, Mark Levin, your friend Sean Hannity, and, of course, the president of the United States, Mr. Trump. Yeah, and but you just mentioned a real record. I kept watching these endless commercials. I couldn't find one. Uh, he, he stands for agriculture. Well, who the hell doesn't? We all like to eat, don't we? Well, Congressman, well, let me I just think, say I think this. Voters, yeah. They're sick of platitudes, Mark. I mean, you know that. Um, people are sick of the platitudes. They want real leadership. Well, I hope so, because I think you'd be a great governor. I really do. And uh, we wish you all the best, and I hope people will go to rondesantis.com and take a look. Ron, D-E-S-A-N-T-I-S, desantis.com. And uh, when is this election, anyway? Uh, August 28th. And what, do you know when early voting starts? It'll probably, it'll probably start, I don't know the exact date, but it'll be sometime in, in uh, mid-August. All right, my and friend. People will vote by mail before then. Good Lord. You ever think you'd see the day where everybody was voting other than on Election Day? But anyway, uh, I want to thank you, Congressman, for everything you've done, because I know how much you have done. Well, thank you, Mark, and thanks for your support. It means a lot. God bless. Take care. I hope you'll check them out, folks. There's only a handful of people that I'm really getting involved with right now. Uh, because there's so much to do with respect, to protect the republic, quite frankly, against the, the, uh, the hordes of prosecutors and, and journalists and Democrats that uh, it just takes a lot of time. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, FEMA is practicing for an Atlantic hurricane strike right now. Did you know that? As they must. They have to practice for all these disasters, natural and otherwise. They want to avoid a repeat of last year's devastation with as many as five U.S. landfalls predicted for this year. Now, here's the thing. They can't avoid it. I mean, ultimately, they can't avoid it. Mother Nature is Mother Nature. Now, we can keep an eye on things like hurricanes, but then there's things like earthquakes or cyber terrorism. Now, they obviously come without warning, don't they? But here's the thing. No matter the emergency, you have to prepare now before it's too late. We conservatives understand this. This is the week to build your emergency food supply. It's no joke. It's no small thing. It's no conspiracy. It's reality. Get this special offer from my friends at My Patriot Supply. Buy a two-week emergency food kit and get one free. That's right. Buy one, get one free. Call 800-294-2325 or order online at preparewithmark.com. Now, this food lasts up to 25 years in storage. Both two-week emergency food kits are shipped for free discreetly to your home. How do I know? Because I have it. That's how I know. Supplies of this buy and get one are limited. Supplies of this buy one, get one, are limited. So do this now and know you've prepared for the worst and hope you never have to use it. But you may well need to use it. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. One more time. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. You know how the uh, cable networks have these weird clocks, countdown, and it's, it's like countdown to anything. 
countdown to uh, Wolf Blitzer uh, changing his depends. Countdown to Joe Scarborough ever being smart. You know, stuff like that. Well, let's do the countdown. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be on the Fox News channel on Hannity's TV show in approximately 40 minutes. So let's start counting down, shall we? Now, I won't be here for all of it, so you have to do it on your own. Because after the show, I got to skedaddle. I got to hurry and get over to the TV studio because it's live. All right. Let's take another call. Let's see where we're going. <coughs> Excuse me. Tom, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W. I can do this. The great W-A-Y. Go. Hey, Mark. W-Y-A-Y. Go. Yes, sir. May I call you the Samuel Adams of the new millennium? Could Aren't you, you nice? sir, remind me of the spirit that I understand him that, that he had? And uh, I, I, would, I would... What, that he was curmudgeonly? Is that your point? Uh, no. No, he was, he was bombastic, and he didn't take any crap, and he found a way to get it done. Uh, well, I and, guess that could fit in certain, in certain days. Anyway, go right ahead. All right. The second thing is, um, if I were Trump, I would create my list of questions and I would have Mueller and company answer them before I would even consider having an interview. I so in other words, you, with, go ahead. Well, you had a, a gentleman on yesterday and between the two of you, you can't you question the authority and the whole thing and his, his uh, ability to uh you know, countermand the uh, or go above and around the Justice Department rules and regulations and policies that had been established, yep. and and so I would I would go after those things. I would go after Weinstein. But uh, Tom, and- here's the thing: the forum cannot be and would not be uh, when uh, Mueller and his team start questioning Trump. They would simply walk out. The forum for this must be in a court of law if it gets to that point, and I hope. If Mueller pulls his trigger, that it does get to that point. I hope the president fights it tooth and nail and defends the Constitution and wraps himself in the Constitution because the Constitution is his friend in this battle. Absolutely. All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. 76ers play tonight against the Celtics, Mr. Producer. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, where's Stephen A. where I need him? Where's my man Stephen A. when I need him? All right. Wes, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the great WRNN. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Good. Thank you, sir. Oh, man. Love your show. Love your, love your spirit that you have. But uh, thank I just you. wanted to get some things clear. Yeah. Um, America better wake up real quick. Um, I'm a 16-year Special Forces veteran of the Air Force. Really? God bless yes, you, sir. man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the things I did with military was I did a lot of clandestine operations where I was in a lot of communist countries. And mm-hmm. um, and one of the things I bet I'm t- trying to get people to wake up to is the sheer fact I feel like we have an absolute coup d'etat within the Democratic Party mm-hmm. trying to overthrow our government. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, Mark. I've been a Democrat for 26 years, and I'm calling this nonsense out. Mm-hmm. But we need more Democrats like you. I grew up with Democrats like you. They weren't left-wing, ideological, radical kooks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I am I am beside myself at this point. I have three young kids that I'm absolutely worried about at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And with what's going on in this country, I am, boy, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Um, I'm highly disturbed at uh, the level of disinformation that is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, I keep trying to tell people, I'm like, what you are experiencing are the same things I've seen in places like Cuba, you know, <laughs> Argentina, what have you. And, and, and this stuff is being spread like a mad virus in this country. When you wake up every day, it gets worse, these, uh, these, these miscreants, doesn't it? It, it does. You're you're exactly right. And uh, I, I mean, we had we had a we had a story today that NBC went with that was wholly irresponsible. That Michael Cohen's phones had all been tapped, and there was actually so specific that they actually picked up a call from the president, and then they go back four hours later. Oops, sorry. Like it's a Saturday Night Live skit. Wes, God bless you. Thank you for your service and excellent call. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please, in 30 minutes, just join me, all of us together, right there on Hannity TV on the Fox News Channel. I'll see you in a half hour.